0: LifeWay Lifeway. Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network. Hey, this is JD. You know, before we jump in to ask me anything for this week, if you're like me and you work at a church, you probably have questions about what the best way to keep track of your people and be connected and to keep track of your money. Blackboard Church Management Software is the only church software that I know of that is backed by the world's leading cloud software company. It seamlessly connects your church to your ministry. It puts it all in one platform. Uh, Blackball Church Management connects your staff and your congregation. It helps facilitate those deeper relationships that make for effective ministry. Uh, look, we know that you think software, but we also know that keeping up with people and being aware of what's happening uh, is something that every responsible pastor wants to do. So if you are interested in this and you want to see more, go to blackbaud.com. Now I hope you enjoy Ask Me Anything.
1: Welcome, everybody, to Ask Me Anything. I'm Matt Love. I'm with Pastor J.D. Greer. I'm Matt. I am uh, really excited to uh, ask you a question today. This is great. That's so, the name yeah. of the podcast. Yeah, so. I'm just glad that today I'm particularly excited to do it. You know, it's, it's, it. Anyway, all right, so here's a question. Are anxiety and depression spiritual issues?
0: You know, when it comes to questions like anxiety and depression, I feel like people end up creating kind of a false dichotomy. They almost treat it like it's either all biological and therefore to be treated by medicine and therapy, chemical, um, or it's all you know, spiritual. I, I certainly, I think, grew up in an environment where all those problems were treated like they were spiritual problems. You know, are you sad? Do you are you feel depressed? Well, it must be that you just don't have faith. But you know, one of the um, there's a technical term. At least it's technical to me. Psychosomatic u- unity. Okay. God made us a psychosomatic unity, which means that it really is impossible to separate our emotions and even our, our spiritual thoughts and feelings are tied up in it. You know, from from the conditions of our bodies. I, I give you one like easy kind of quick example, yeah. and I'm not saying. This this is anywhere close to the experience of depression, but just you know to to illustrate the, the emotions you tend to have when you're you're hungry. You know, hangry I think is the technical <laughs> okay, term there for it. Go, that's yeah. the technical term. But you know, it's just like things that normally wouldn't bother me really irritate me. Now, is my irritation at my children, for example, or at you um, <laughs> in that moment when I'm hangry? Is that is that a spiritual problem or is that a physical problem? Well the answer is it's kind of both. I mean, the rudeness is in my heart and but the physical condition is sort of exacerbating it and maybe making it things that I normally could handle making it may not be able to. And so, you know, sometimes uh, you know we say the most spiritual thing you can do for yourself is to get 8 hours of sleep. Yeah. Um and you know and eat healthily. So again, I'm not comparing that experience to the experience of depression, but a actually, helpful way
1: of kind of showing mind and body, or, or spiritual and physical, are not just dichotomy. You completely split.
0: That's right, and so I do think it's wise. You know, when you're dealing with some of those things and you're showing some of those signs of, just to take depression here for a minute, it is wise to have sometimes professional help. I mean, I realize as a pastor, I'm just I'm not trained when it comes to the physical and even some of the past trauma elements that can go into. Uh, you know, something like depression. Um, As a pastor, I understand more some of the spiritual elements, and you do see elements throughout Scripture of genuine spiritual depression. Uh, I think Jeremiah in the book of Lamentations was... Uh, was in, you know, one of those things. And I think there are, are spiritual things that you can say to somebody. I, I just want to be clear that that I, I wouldn't want to ever say that as being like the one thing, like just memorize it, you know, take these three verses and call me in the morning. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, it, that's equally as as simplistic as the doctor who just says, no matter what you're going through, I'll take these three pills and you'll feel better and all your yeah. problems will go away. Yeah. It, it's just wrong to to not think in, in some of the complex ways that God has made us.
1: Okay. So that's helpful way to start. You can't separate kind of some of the physical and Spiritual. Well, let's just like kind of practically, what does that look like? And maybe specifically kind of that spiritual dimension. How do how do we deal with that? So speaking
0: to the spiritual dimensions, you know, I'm a doctor, not the kind that helps, you know, people, but I'm the kind that understands spiritual doctor issues, <laughs> right? So I, I use actually I think the best counsel or the best model is what we see. I mentioned Jeremiah a moment ago in the book of Lamentations. I mean, lamentations, not to be too tongue in cheek, but lamentations is basically a long fancy word for saying, you know, expressions of how depressed I am. Hmm. And in there, he's dealing with, I mean, he's he's been unjustly treated. He's been in prison for a long time in solitary confinement. Um, that's going to contribute. He's you uh, means he, he's been falsely accused of things he's lost his his family there's a lot of things that are going on in his life and so I think he's a good example for us of how to wrestle through that mm. um, a very famous verse uh, you know that we we know from Lamentations three the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases his mercies never come to an end they are new every morning great is your faithfulness if you go through this whole passage I just read that one verse but if you go through the verses around it I, I think you see kind of four pieces of of spiritual counsel, okay. the first thing Jeremiah does is he calls to mind the goodness of God, even though he, he doesn't feel like it in the moment. He is calling to mind what he knows about God to be true, whether his circumstances indicate that or not, or whether his heart feels that. I heard a guy say one time, he's like, "Your emotions don't have brains;
1: hmm.
0: so they they can't think. They just react. Sometimes you have to instruct your emotions, and sometimes that's what we have to do to our heart. My heart may feel." this, but that not, is not necessarily the, the, the truth. I have to tell it, you know, think on the goodness of God. Um, as long as um, there is a reigning God who has promised to, to work all things for good, as long as there's a God of resurrection, we have hope. Uh, you know, a friend of mine says, if you're not dead, God's not done. Hmm. And uh, his mercies really are new every morning. I love that image of the morning. You just think about, like, sometimes you collapse in bed at the end of the day. And if you think of that as a metaphor, it's like, I just, I'm overwhelmed. But you get up, and just like the sun comes up in the morning, God's mercies are brand new, you know, that morning. You got to preach that gospel to yourself. Uh, D. Martin Lloyd Jones, who wrote a book called Spiritual Depression, Uh, in that book, he says, um, The most important person in your life is you. Because nobody talks to you more than you. Mm. Um, You talk to yourself more than anybody else, and so what you tell yourself is what you think. And you got to preach the gospel to to yourself. Uh, The second thing you see from Jeremiah there is is you got to learn lessons that God's trying to teach you. I realize that when you're in a moment like that, there may be things that God's trying to correct. I'm not saying the only reason you go through this is because something's wrong and God's trying to fix it, but. You know, you just say, God, what are you trying to teach me? What if there's nothing that causes spiritual depression like having an idol collapse in your life? That's Mm. happened to me actually not too long ago, where something you you had depended on that you really had replaced God with, it gets taken away, and and you just find yourself without the ability to, you know, feel like you can go on anymore. And I felt like God was really saying, Hey, this depression, this. These feelings that you have, this despair, is pointing you to things that I'm trying to teach you. You also see in this passage, this is around verse 24, verse 32, that you gotta you gotta recognize that God's plans are ultimately good and and they're for good and for blessing. That I know the trajectory of my life is headed that way. Yeah, I may have moments and seasons of pain, but to coin a phrase that Dr. King used to use, the the arc of history is long and it bends toward justice. Mm -hmm. We would say the arc of our lives is long and it. And the church is long, but it bends toward blessing and and and, and goodness. And then number four, you got to get up tomorrow and, and, and look for the goodness of God. You got to get up and say, God, today I expect to see your goodness. Hey, you know, I, sometimes I have a friend that we get in this sort of semi-argument about, is it is being optimistic, is that a spiritual fruit? And mm-hmm. I, I tend to say yes, because... I'm like, you know, God is working goodness. And I realize you go through chapters where you feel like Job, but Psalm twenty-seven, thirteen, you know, David says, I'm convinced I'm going to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm convinced I'm going to see good in the lives of my children in the church that I pastor And
1: Yeah, that's, that's really helpful. Okay, so that's kind of depression. Um, but, but what about anxiety? And I think for a lot of people, this is maybe even a little bit more complicated because, I mean, doesn't the Bible say don't be anxious? So if I'm feeling anxious... <laughs> My disobeying what Jesus is saying? Am I disobeying the Bible? How, how would you walk someone through that? Well, yeah,
0: well, let's just review what we said a minute ago, that that there are certain spiritual issues that can be just exacerbated by physical issues. And sometimes it's, whether it's past trauma or whether it's current chemical mm. things or emotional things, that there can be things that cause what normally would not cause somebody anxiety. It would cause them a panic attack. And, and you don't want to just reduce it to learn this Bible verse and everything will be fine. Yeah. Spiritually, yes. In almost all anxiety, if you look hard enough, there's going to be spiritual elements of a lack of belief. Jesus dealt with that in Matthew 6, one of the places where he tells us not to worry. What you were quoting was Paul in Philippians 4, where he said, Do not be anxious about anything. And by the way, I love it because it's a command, and I mm. quote that to myself. I'm like, You are not allowed to be anxious. And if I'm not allowed to be anxious, it must be because God is, you know, handling whatever is is worrying me. Well, Jesus in Matthew 6 has this conversation about worry. And what he says is basically, I'll reduce it down to kind of two things. He says, one, worry or anxiety thinks too little of of God. Worry comes from the fact that we think that some money, protection, friendship, that that is essential for the good life. And because you think so little of God, you look into the future and you say, God, you, and your presence, and your protection aren't enough. I also need you know this other thing. Jesus very plainly he says, "Look, the good life, if you want the good life, it's not found in physical security. it's not found in money. It's found in simply the presence of God. And so you need to think more of god and and how valuable he is, and that will that will reduce the anxiety you feel about what if what if I don't make more money next year than I did? Yeah. What if all the things year?
1: that you are worrying or, or anxious about don't? Like, what if they go right. of what you're worried about? Oh, it's, it's making too little. But, well,
0: actually, that's a great point because, um, you know, humorously at the end of Matthew six, Jesus says, "Don't worry about tomorrow." Why, Jesus? Because tomorrow will have problems of its own. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's exactly <laughs> what I'm worried about about tomorrow. Yeah. But but, but the pr- the point was, yeah, tomorrow has problems, but God will be present tomorrow, mm. and God is bigger than any problems anyway. Mm. You know, you, it thinks too little of God's control. That where he says literally not one hair falls from your head, and so worry it shows you that you're thinking too little of God. I would say the flip of that, you know, and the second thing is is it, anxiety or worry minimizes how much God thinks about you. You know where he says don't you know do you realize that Romans eight thirty two the God that gave up His Son for you is not going to withhold from you any good thing. Um, he's going to give you everything else that comes you know along with salvation. If He did the the, the greater for us, will He not do the mm-hmm. lesser? Isaiah forty nine sixteen. Uh, where you know it says, "Can, I, can a can a mother forget her newborn child?" You know, having watched my wife care for four newborn children, I mean, you know, I, I swear I, I don't know how she would do it, but she would hear like the slightest noise, and they were, <laughs> you know, upstairs, and she'd be up out of bed and running. To, she had this like radar, this connection sense. You know, what Isaiah is saying is God's nanny cam is always on us. You know, it's like he, there's not anything that happens that He doesn't know about, and it, and he's not ever going to you know, forget about us. And and anxiety just minimizes what you know how much God thinks about me. Um, the third thing Jesus says in there, and I'll say this really quickly, is He says anxiety worries usually a false prophet because it usually has you worrying about things that are never really going to gonna happen. Um, of the thousand things you worry about, maybe one or two take place, which means nine hundred and ninety-eight of the things you worried about were not not true. Yeah. I've heard it said like this anxiety is paying interest on a debt that you may not even owe. Hmm. It's like hearing, hearing the threatening music and the soundtrack of your life when there actually is no danger. I was watching a movie with my wife one time and and you know somebody walked in the scene, I was in this ominous music started playing and I said, you know, how amazingly helpful would it be if that same thing would happen when Somebody that's going to cause me trouble. <laughs> just they walked in, you know. When when I was in college, and and I won't mention her name, but she walked in the room, and if I'd have been like just ominous music playing, I would have been like, "Stay away, okay? <laughs> go, go the other direction." But you know, it's it, it's it's the soundtrack. Sometimes people have this dull soundtrack of ominous bad things that are mm-hmm. happening. When when really that's the wrong soundtrack. The the soundtrack that God plays over our life, even in dark situations, is it's hope and it's goodness. And it's learning to turn off the soundtrack that doesn't grasp the goodness of God and learning to turn on the one that that is all about his goodness. So
1: I I would just say
0: it's not wrong to be an optimist. It's not wrong to have bright thoughts about the future because we serve a good God who even in the midst of pain promises to work all things for good.
1: That's really helpful. So is anxiety and depression, are they spiritual issues? Yes, they're no. also physical issues, but there's a lot that God has to say and a lot of things that we can't right. engage on the spiritual yeah, yeah. side. So that's really helpful. And if you are interested in hearing any more from JD or, or more resources, sermons, all kinds of other stuff, go to jdgreer.com. And uh, we would also just encourage you to listen to the 5LQ podcast with Todd Atkins, part of our Lifeway Leadership Podcast Network family. He interviews leaders like David Platt, Ryan Myers, Louis Giglio. He does book breakdowns on shifts into Discipleship and all kinds of other stuff. So look up five leadership questions on your favorite podcasting app and subscribe today. And we will see you next time on Ask Management.